Welcome to the Get Over Divorce podcast, where you'll learn to get your power back, hold healthy boundaries, and become the confident, successful single woman who can find real lasting love yet. Divorce sucks, but the rest of your life doesn't have to. Let's create a life you love. I'm your host, relationship coach, Julie Danielson. Let's do this. Hello, my tribe. Today we are talking about a trifecta of negative emotions, guilt, shame, and blame. They go together like peanut butter and jelly and white bread, (laughs) especially if you're going through divorce. All of these emotions are destructive emotions and they mostly never serve you. The only time you should feel guilt is if you were found guilty in a court of law for something you did wrong, or you know you did something wrong. So like manslaughter, or failure to pay child support, or DUI, or maybe you lied to someone. These cause guilt. But for the most part, guilt is short-lived. It's something you can apologize for and make amends, and the guilt goes away. Guilt simply means you did something wrong. And I think a lot of people confuse guilt with shame. They think they feel guilt, like mom guilt, like you're not doing enough as a mom, but it's actually shame, okay? Shame is not that you did something wrong. It means you are wrong. It makes you feel like you're not good enough. Now, the difference between the two is basically the way we think about things and the way we process them in our minds. So, for example, if I stayed up way too late last night and was late for work, my guilt would say, that wasn't a smart idea. But if your brain was sitting in shame and marinating in it, your brain would be saying, gosh, I'm so stupid, right? So rather than the act be a mistake, shame makes you feel like you are the mistake, right? And the difference between the two is the way you process these inside your head. And the good news is you can transform those thoughts and change the feeling that you carry of shame. I think as women and as mothers, we tend to think we feel guilt and It's actually shame, but we call it mom guilt or like I was raised with a ton of Catholic guilt, right? My mom went to Catholic school and it's just one of those things that can actually be passed down from generation to generation. And it's not guilt. That is actually shame. Shame is deeper. And it is that feeling of not being good enough. So shame is the thought that we are innately a bad person. Shame is usually something that we've grown up with for most of our life. We gained it as a small child. And the really sad thing is we got in trouble as a small child and our parents punished us. But We didn't just feel sorry for doing it. We felt shame, like there was something wrong with us. Children cannot determine the difference between bad behavior and a person actually being told that they are a bad person. 
we grow up harboring this shame that we took on as a small child and we increase it as we grow into adults and it hinders us from living a full life because of the feelings of low self-worth that it creates in us. People that have a lot of shame often struggle with addictions. They simply don't know how to change the way they think about themselves, so they numb their feelings. They want to numb out their thoughts. The thing about shame as an adult is that nobody can make you feel shame unless you allow it. Shame is related to our own behavior, and a lot of times we're going to feel shame if we behave in a way that is not congruent with our morals and values. So let's say that you value marriage, but you got caught up into having an affair with a married man. That behavior is against your own moral values and you're going to feel shame for it. The best thing we can do as humans is to live in accordance to our morals and values. But unfortunately, most people haven't gone through the trouble to clearly define those for themselves. They might follow the mores of society and their church but they haven't really figured out what their own specific values are. And to really truly combat shame at its core, you need to know what you stand for. And it could be different than your church or your community. When we feel awashed in shame, like we are basking in it, having a shame meltdown, the only way to really truly overcome it is to own up to the behavior. The only way to get rid of shame is to talk to somebody about it, expose it, shine a light on it. It doesn't mean you need to broadcast it in front of the entire church, but shame can only exist when you're hiding it. Now, when you feel a surge of shame, it's really important that you talk kindly to yourself about it. Shame is easily inflamed by the way that you talk to yourself inside your head, or it's easily flamed out if you're able to manage your own mind and manage your thoughts and be gentle and kind to yourself. So talk to yourself as you would your own child with love and understanding. And remember, we are all human. These are all human behaviors and human emotions, and they're normal. I just hope to help you understand them better so that you can learn to manage your mind around them and feel better. So if you want to prevent shame from ever happening from here on out, you can just make a decision. Decide to live your values and decide to keep the promises that you make to yourself. This will for sure grow your sense of worthiness and prevent future shame meltdowns. Next, I wanna talk about blame. I feel like this comes up a lot in my free Facebook group and women will completely unload about their ex and tell a whole story about how wrong he is. And the purpose of doing that is they want to feel validation. 
So when someone is talking about another person and blaming them for a specific outcome, that person is giving their power away. They're not taking any personal responsibility. Blame itself is a defense mechanism that we use to avoid our own hurt feelings. We use it to avoid shame. We use it to avoid feeling rejected or inadequate. When we blame somebody, we are putting the problem all on someone else's shoulders so that we can be free of it. And I see this in so many divorces. Women come to me and a lot of times they'll spend their whole entire first call with me trying to unload about all the ways their ex betrayed them, the way he deceived them, the way that he ruined their life and left them for ruin. Even though the whole story is true, what they're doing is remaining helpless They're staying a victim to their ex, and they're missing the opportunity of an empowering experience of self-reflection. So a lot of those women don't become my client because they are just looking to blame somebody else, and they're not ready to take responsibility, right? And I kind of, in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, but you chose him. You chose him even though he had all those shiny red flags, (laughs) right? So we can take responsibility. If you go back far enough, you can find a reason to be responsible. Now, the woman that is willing to own her part and deeply self-reflect on it and step up to the plate and be open and coachable Those are the women who really embrace this work. Releasing your need for blame is a huge step in personal growth and development. Imagine running into your neighbor at the grocery store and she looks really agitated. Then she corners you and tells you her husband left her for a coworker and she goes into great detail about all the dirt she dug up on him, like how she found text messages and receipts and pictures, all this stuff, right? Doesn't feel good to receive it, does it? You might even want to like run and hide. (laughs) I know I would have felt that way and I've had many experiences like that. But I also was her at one time. So if this describes you, listen up. You can change this. The problem that is happening inside your brain is you're seeking validation from an outside source so that you can avoid the pain. You want people to agree with you. You want them on your side. And this way you can be right. The problem with this behavior is most people don't want to hear these kind of stories. They don't want more drama in their lives. And that's what this is. You're being a drama creator or a shit stirrer, as I like to call it. Rather than seeking validation outside of you, it's time to self-reflect. Take an inventory of all the things that went wrong inside the relationship or inside the marriage. If you can own your part in that and really get clear on the areas that you yourself failed in the marriage, 
you're going to learn something from this and you're not going to take those mistakes into your next relationship. This is so important, ladies. I always say you need to learn the lessons that your marriage taught you so that you don't repeat the mistakes of your past. Okay, so when you do run into people at the grocery store, the most empowered action that you can take on your own behalf is to not talk about the ex. And you're not doing this for him. You're doing this for yourself. This is how you hold your power. This means you're taking the high road, right? And you're not punishing your poor neighbor with your drama, even though you may want to punish your ex. There's nothing you can say that's going to make your ex more uncomfortable than you simply taking the high road and not saying anything at all. The only revenge in divorce, the only revenge that actually works is you going out and living a good life. That's it. And then the real amazing thing there is when you have that, you've outgrown the need to care what your ex even thinks about it. So when somebody asks you, What went wrong in your marriage? Unless they are in your most innermost circle of friends, and I'm talking your mother, your sister, your best friend, the empowered answer is it just didn't work out. Or you say, we just weren't a fit for each other. They're going to be relieved to hear you handling it so well, and you won't have repelled them with all of your drama. And the truth is, it feels better inside you to say these words because they are aligned with your true values. The truth is, when it comes to gossip, it's really against our moral values as a human. And most people are gonna feel uncomfortable or like less than if they participate in gossip. So save yourself that icky feeling associated with talking bad about people. There's no amount of validation that you're gonna get That's going to make you feel better. And the truth is, it's only going to make you feel worse. It's like sitting in your misery, talking about your misery, and then talking about how miserable your misery is. It just propagates misery. Now, if you're on the receiving end of all the blame from your ex, I want you to treat it like he's trying to hand you a shit sandwich. Girl, you're not going to take that. You're gonna put your hands up in the air and back away. You're gonna block that shit and run. And if he's on the phone, you're gonna hit the end button. Don't receive it. It is truly that simple. I talk to women all the time and they feel like they're cornered by their ex and they have to hear him out. No, you don't. You've already heard everything he has to say. It is time to stop receiving it. Stop making yourself available to those terrible comments about you. And people make this hard because they want to accept the shit sandwich and then they want to complain about it and talk about having to hold it. But you need to block that like Obi-Wan Kenobi with the force, okay? You need to develop your Jedi skills and block it and remove yourself from that situation. That's it. Don't touch the sandwich. Don't hold it. Don't mull it over. You do not receive it. Now this takes practice, but once you've used the skill of hitting that end button a couple of times, you're showing him that you're not willing 
to hear his blame. When you don't entertain people's rants, they will eventually stop having them in front of you. And you know what? That's very powerful. All of these emotions, guilt, shame, and blame, are destructive. They don't add value to you. They don't serve you, but rather they hurt you. So the fastest way to get out of a spin where you're feeling these emotions is first be real gentle with yourself. Treat yourself and talk to yourself like you would your own child or best friend. And then look for the facts and not the feelings. Thinking about your feelings will keep you in a spin. So look for the facts. Find evidence of the truth that serves you and helps you feel better. All right, my friends, that's it for today. Thank you for being here. Hey, Tribe Sister, go download my free guide, Seven Steps to Love Your Life Despite Divorce, Coronavirus, and Life's Other Disasters. You can just go to thrivingthroughdivorce.com forward slash guide and grab it there, or you can go to the show notes and click on the link. You will also receive my blog-worthy emails nearly daily. See you next time.